welcome. So good to see you. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Brandon Som. I'm a poet and a professor here in the literature department. We are so excited that you're here today, and we're so excited uh, to welcome uh, Raquel Gutierrez here. Uh, uh, thrilled to have Raquel here. Um, in a moment, my uh, wonderful colleague, Anna Joy Springer, Professor Anna Joy Springer, is going to introduce uh, Raquel Gutierrez. Um, but before that, I just want to mention that um, we've got two readings uh, events uh, left in the series. Um, two reading events from our graduate students, actually, next Wednesday and the Wednesday after. So next Wednesday is going to be uh, a graduate reading from our first years, uh, students who joined us in August, a wonderful group, a wonderful cohort, and a cohort that's pretty close to my heart because we came in at the same time. We got here in August, so that's really special. So make it out. Uh, for that reading next Wednesday, and then the, we- the Wednesday after that uh, is going to be from our graduating MFA students, and so that's going to be a really fantastic event. So please mark your calendar for these next two Wednesdays, two really super great events, and in this room at the same time, okay? Uh, at the same time, 4.30 uh, uh, on next two Wednesdays. Okay, thanks again, and please welcome, put your hands together for Professor Anna Joyce Freeman. Yeah. Diana, more clapping. No, I'm kidding. Um, not really. Um, so I am. I'm so excited you're here, <laughs> and I'm so sorry the campus is so crazy to get around on. It's giant. There are nine thousand engineering buildings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So, take the gum. Um. Raquel Gutierrez is a public intellectual and a champion of artistic engagement on so many crucial axes. It's breathtaking. She got her first graduate degree in performance from NYU and is now a poet studying literary arts praxis at University of Arizona. She's been a manager for uh, community partnerships at the Cornerstone Theater in L.A., program manager at Yerba Buena Center for the Arts in San Francisco. I met her for the first time in, like, uh, 2005 or six or something um, at a local queer feminist uh, event um, that I used to put on with my partner here in San Diego called TMI. Um, with the performance, now retired performance ensemble, Buchlali Stipanoktitlan, a community-based and activist-minded group aimed at creating a visual vernacular around queer Latinidad. Uh, as a, I'm going to keep looking for my pronunciation. <laughs> um, as a collaborative and solo artist, as well as a skillful leader, she is a world maker, gifted with the very rare multimodal talents of being able to envision the show, write it, collaborate on it, run it, plus be in it, then refine it, and then talk about it after and break it down. And the whole time looking magnificent doing all these things. Plus, an LA punk Latinx badass while being super deep, super sweet, never fake that I know of, that I've been able to ever tell. It seems like not, um, which I appreciate. Um, she's a model and a hero for many, many people and is one of the region's most sought-after and active participants at museums, conferences, and readings in both the U.S. and Latin America. Her most recent poetry is from the work in progress 
Arid, Arid Madrasita. Arid Madrasita. <laughs> okay. Unknot and phrase overlapped looping metaphors of mothering, territorial control, difficulty, fecundity, and the southwestern desert landscape asking how do these material sites of inquiry implicate the desert away from a pastoral site of contemplative potentiality when read against histories of colonization and state making? How do state-making apparatuses produce a spectrum of erasures and hypervisibilities that play out in interpersonal relationships with people of this violated territory? You can read recent work in Ambientes, New Queer Latino Writing, Los Angeles Weekly, Gay Lesbian Quarterly, Entropy, and lots of other venues. Um, but I also recommend getting some of her chat books. Did I bring one? You're holding my chat book of yours. From the, uh, you call it Tiny Press, um, which is uh, the name of your Tiny Press, I'm going to, is Econotextual Objects. Um, this is one of the chat books, uh, Running in Place, uh, Poems about Institutionality. There are two others. She's performed her poetry, prose, and essay works locally, nationally, internationally um, in all these museums that I talked about before. And I'll just cut it short and allow you to please applaud loudly once and then afterwards again for Raquel Gutierrez. Um, wow, that was, that was epic. What an epic introduction. Anna Joy Springer. Um, no pressure. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to read two poems from Running in Place, poems about institutionality, if I could borrow your oh, yeah. copy. And then I'll go ahead and uh, read some new work from uh, Arid Madrecita, poems about difficult terrains. Uh, I think I've noticed this thing about myself where I do a title and then I tell you what the poems are going to be about. So um, here for a San Francisco artist who passed away uh, in 2014, Susan O'Malley. Uh, this one's called Number 61. And... Uh, this is a third chapbook, and I, I, because I work nine to five in nonprofit um, industrial complex for, for the arts economy, the arts market. Uh, you know, poetry was a, a place to sort of um, assuage the, um, the collaboration fatigue that comes from all the ways in which I've like just worked with people forever, and poetry as a solitary act to sort of return back to more contemplative uh, space. Um, but while working full time, I just. Uh, and someone who, you know, had a very organic sort of relationship to poetry um, just didn't have a thing with po with titles. So in my newer work, you'll you'll hear the titles, but in the chapbook work, it's numbers. So number 61 for Susan O'Malley. Radical optimism may kill you. A woman versed in color theory doubles over and never gets up. Generative tensions, healthy skepticisms placed on temporary leave. Everyone softens when stillborn ideas are involved. Everyone stiffens when the sudden wave of agreement overtakes, striking Thomas Dumb and his naysaying, disciples don't know what to do with themselves. Suddenly, community congeals, a collective clotting, a tourniquet too late. I want to tell you a story about not belonging as a sign of resistance. We should opt to be turtles and sing to one another. Decency. Move along with zoning codes, leave us grieving morphing in favor of children, irrepressible in their pursuits, adding crucifixes like punctuation. Stay positive in the face of dwindling credit, somehow. When I smile, my ancestors stir. My aunt died, worshiping a blue-eyed Christ, 
even as the Salvadoran landslide overpowers our sense of duty to improve our lot on this side of the border where we say goodbye. Goodbye. All right. And thus, I read Madrecita, and as a chance to read a lot of this work in, um, in this great space that I'm hoping um, helps me understand what, <laughs> what these poems are doing. And, uh, you know, I look forward to the conversation afterwards. Okay. Uh, this one's called Us Versus Us. I drive all night. Oakland to Tucson. I am a Texas Eagle. I am a Sunset Limited. I am 14 hours of fury to find our Barrio Anita Bohemian hideaway, a longhorn skull summons over threshold. A midlife high-speed chase just to say ours could endure a broken-down swamp cooler to prove our coyote hunt. Another southern Pacific dust storm and then another one at the end. We see the trains run not wearing enough, except the Nina Simone on my phone and its surprisingly full-throated speakers. Tom waits on Vicente, then more Nina on vinyl, inside where even the record player is sweating. The money worth? One man who steals 19 head of cattle to Camp Grant massacre us in the mood. It put us Mexicans against us Indians, us versus sus tierras verdaderas. Esquimincin had a reputation as the leader of a nation. He smelt fear among whites, and Sam Hughes never made a pie as the quarrel and war, father of a neighborhood. You find beneath you, and you beneath me, I almost bled through my seersucker, pants and boat shoes. You can take me anywhere, I meant to say with Apache tears for all, a job talk in Riverside, California, while we love her in captivity. You took me to a place called a little bit more, and the owner shell-gamed our fucking... I brought my crystals and laid them out while Esquimincin shared an evening meal with McKinney, and at the conclusion, the two smoked a cigarette together, and his solar plexus was ready to receive any man who stands in line for him. Any coward can kill his enemy, but it takes a brave man to kill his friend. You paused. I said you had a Mexican ass. You asked me what I meant. The recalibration took me by surprise. We locked eyes, and you waited for me to call you negra again. We laughed at your disdain. Oh, these obsolete belief systems again. A lover who calls you sirena. Last one lasts with tattoo larges, and you don't play loteria with beans anymore. When all you wanted was you to flaneur your phenotype away, calm into Walter Benjamin's cafes, the birthday in Paris, the regret brag, puts humble to shame. Sage bundles from William Sonoma, for we are so goddamn from this moment onward, there is no going back. Pop, snap, firecrack, and inquisition at my feet. We both know you put your altar away again. The act on loop with each lover you tell like a notch. I will repeat that anecdote, another crack in your atheism lets Leonard Cohen in again, so turn off the D'Angelo or whatever it is you listen to when you make love to a brown butch you don't let sleep. 36 hours is all we get. This one is called, I told you over G-chat. Mostly to convince you there are icicle, icicles that don't melt fast enough. The years between us leave us for younger despite my fantasies more mundane than millennial temptations changing genders even though they covet the old lipstick brand you have been able to afford with facility these last 14 years where you occupy yourself with the ways to let your white colleagues affix themselves to the occupation of a borderland that you took for granted as yours and yours alone. 
I took your occupation to mind in heart a furnace and bringing me the upgraded chemix, your caffeine savior. The cafetera only brought our brownness into perilous relief. You made yourself darker with cafes con leche, even saying the nata was the best part. The white milk's hardened skin was no one's preferred sugar, just something we said when we spoke of rich Mexicans. I can lighten the remedy, control my appetites, and opt for colonial optics. I could be good at that. Can you image the look of love and risk management wants to stop and frisk us in our Weta underwear? I give you from the safe distance of northeast Los Angeles. I make my life difficult by turning off the air conditioner. A consideration for the environment I phantom. One, I am invested in keeping intact. The fantasy I finally share with you, my first world toy. I am the third world child you have put in debt. This one's called, <clears throat> We Are in an Unnamed Metropolitan Coastal Center. May it be Boston, maybe Seattle. In my dream, it's a place free of charge and other ancestral seizures. Savage, baggage, daddy, mama, drama, back rubber, ink, uncle, ink blot, Rorschach test. We teeter on brown tightropes, feed off their skins and each other every other day. We are inside a large space, not our bodies tonight, shells that hold sudden movements, just a nice pro-union hotel chain that we feel good about. It's the least we can do. Our workers' worries never wane in print. I clutch my heart again. It's the Saturday night of the important conference, your yearly trek to Mecca, Tribeca, a Coliseum. The new black leather gladiator straps that activate my sweet parts are the sweetest you have known. You have stopped entering temples until I lured you onto the workship. It's a, it's a tattoo you claim only I can see. I long to enter you like a temple. It strikes awe in its blatancy, but over everything that theory tames us with makes me stand up and deliver alone and wait for you because above all, this shit is hot as fuck. And it's ours. I'm in the back of the room as you accept your reward and my hair is exactly how you demanded it should be before we left our room. I look so handsome in my cobalt blue shirt and tailored gray glen plaid suit. Maybe it was worth it after all. Now I am beaming with what love goddess bell hooked and brown ferocity pressed hard against the wall, quietly in the back of the auditorium. You work so hard. And I birthed our baby on my chest while you rocked that Givenchy dress. Honey blush amber with San Angelo green marble spit, spilling with split copper and gunmetal gray. Flashing with ebullient curiosity, curly diaspora sprouting from fontanelle. You hate it when I say that, but it is true. Baby is turning their little neck this way and that way, trying to determine where in the large galaxy that brought us together this could be. I am gently shuffling my weight left to right, right to left. I had a right to leave. Inadequate charms, me sobran. All right. <clears throat> this one's called, now that I have time to name my poems. <laughs> <laughs> This one's called, I drove my man, I drove her, my man ain't shit, but I can't give up the D crazy. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's um, an ecrastic poem, and uh, the image is Laura Aguilar's uh, landscape portrait uh, number nine, which I don't have, and uh, you'll have to just uh, summons that on your Google search later. Um, Sleep. 
came easy combustible after a fiery belly flop head first in the rising discs that pass for clouds around us. A breached birth, surrender in surround sound, she must have loved me with the cord around my neck. Extortion pleasure to seizure dosed with kaleidoscope filament, charms I rub my phantom tail with right now. The part animal mother tamed with touch, tone policed when I yelled her name in la calle, a common cualquiera, sacó su cuchillo, pointed to my belly, and bellowed meal. Stirring from beasting hibernation, she scratched my back, pout bit into shoulder blade, lulling me into the undulating concave of her restless bomb tick. She said I brought her calm. I saw her suck her thumb. This one's called Verify the Matter. It's me too slow to know how the five-year-old you in a bed glowing brown and yellow tones, flirting with sepia nostalgias, lying next to your father, his body, a nascent brown barrel chest, holding the flutter of little red book dreams were enough to show the pull in the slack of faded flowery sheets where his nakedness laid in the hardly full-size mattress next to you. Pajamas with tiny hands and arms caught flailing above your distant eyes. Small head would continue living when it all got difficult to remember. That it would signal the adolescent pestering, his, you would be, and then he would be calling, you, when your mother went away. I wanted to ask where you went that day, or say something about your being right about it all feeling wrong, but I was mute in the bathtub as you washed my back, recalling it in pieces, even when you could not answer and maybe never say aloud to me anyway. You asked me what I thought about it all and all I could say. I didn't know what you had lived through as you steeled yourself shut with soap suds and cake, nicotine and coconut for what was to come when the photograph showed up. All right, do we have any Angelinos in the house? Any Angelinos? Yeah, just one? Just two? <laughs> Great, two. Thank you, Anna Joy. Oh, three? Cool. Four? Five? Everyone's coming out of the LA closet. It's okay, you guys. It's all right. I know. The Chargers are leaving. The Raiders are going. We don't know who we are anymore. Uh, anyway, I'm from, I grew up in Southeast Los Angeles, and uh, if anybody knows Huntington Park, you know Slauson Avenue, right? Slauson Avenue, what's what? Okay. Uh, this one's called, And You Wanted to Show Me the Mexico of Slauson Avenue. I must have missed it every day I lived there. It was all I wanted to show you. Exactly how Food for Less sits on top of Sleepy Lagoon. Azteca TV, Chicanex hotspot, pink Wi-Fi calibration. A neon green brought back and forth. The border is painted roof by some monstrosity. That's what makes loving me the rawest material, wood made flesh, and the corrugated metal that makes our ailing rain dulcet, no longer the barbarity that comes with insolvency. A credit rating ready to drop upon me that when I wake only to dream again that you were not fragile this time. For Slauson Avenue is just another aisle full of noises. All right. If you're in L.A., you'll recognize where these chilaquiles come from. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, all right. This one's called The Promised Pancake Oasis. Maybe I should go back to title. I mean, to numbers. I don't know. Um, the Promised Pancake Oasis. It was your idea to make them molasses. You said so before you turned sour allergy resentful when you realized how long it took to cook from the joy of what again. You lost the morning grain and I tried to comfort you. You beat capitalist gains by fucking off playing femme wife. Come here and make me breakfast. 
It was hard to swallow. I asked for more powdered sugar. I don't bring home the bacon anymore. I suffice with mix by the way of my ancestors, their mestizo breakfast reflexive. You always seem so freaked out by mestizo breakfast invective. The chilaquiles is inedible. Tacos Delta claiming the best in Silver Lake nasty brutal habanero in a wrestling ring tastes different. You never forgave me all the time we lost eating meals. How can you make me whole again to forego the holes pulley like wheels a more simple machine that hungers me skinny, paying you galore? Poverty is sexy in history. Print. The pictures make Cali ban the lover. And you proposition 209 me, didn't apply the seductive, an abrasive tongue for a job that could have brought you all of the Pacific Ocean and me. More than some, maybe not all, yours says Bart the right way, and even though you saw two copies of A Lover's Discourse on my bookshelf, you still see me dig and dig and excavate signal to hide coarse olfactory pleasures. The slaughterhouse in my toxic barrio your students write papers about permeates the evening chill. Uneven, colder phone call where we greet each other over and over again until it's over again. This one's called Follow the Spirit, the Trail of Slurring Auras That Ride the Night Tearful Ad Hominem Inside an Ambulance Fighting Cocks Inside Your Rib Cage The Internet Set a Heart Attack Prattle the Idol Coaxing Needles Needling the Need to Be with Someone That Can Find and Put Out the Fires During a Drought who will take care of you when gossip surrounds you like revelers in effigy? Who will watch over the you who put the altar, who put away the altar years ago? And care, what is it? Do I make sure you are eating, feeling, caring wild child to term? You pine for the breathing, stay awake, the chorus coursing the seductive force of intravenous lullaby. It only feels good right now. I dabble you with scruple, thrust your solar plexus skyward, ruby birthstone, powder your body, your sex, leave diacritical bite marks from 2,000 miles away, a paranoid gestation. You should be with someone that can take care of you, lecture in the waiting room. Like wolves and horses that came to the palisade on their own, they too managed through fang and hoof to settle for new regimes. This one's called... When you realize the butch poet was now trans. You were crestfallen, the native mineral couched between pools of dried spit, the corners of your mouth. When I was told not to give up hope, a chill inhabited my body. I stepped in the empty space of the second floor of the Pico house. The beast gleeks for dark meat, and 18 Chinese men, women, and children cling to the ether behind a third floor staircase. A cockroach came out of hiding, sunglasses and newspaper while my body rocked over a disaster shit. That was so fucked up, I was thankful we had severed. That roach had a better chance for survival, it's become our cliché. Debris winds that blow against bottom feed that eat my house. My shit, of course, I thought of the brown buffalo that impregnated you twice. It's too late, that metaphor has moved along obsolescence of all the lived long days. The name of a man who would share a millennial with you by now. An epigraph instead. Who knows where you went? Two abortions in 1988. Texas. I need you to teach me how to step on cockroaches. I am my granure for your instruction. I'll skip that one. 
right. Okay, you're all over 18, so I can read this poem. <clears throat> um, this one's called, When You're Rich or Someone Else's Boredom. A daddy fetish placed upon 1910. Father Hidalgo when he marches through the land. White duck tail and dick in his hand. Fingers fast fretting, but I feel sad for his flag. A poverty present reminding me by the way you are too much except when you are too poor. Reflex and spirit hide the garbage behind a secret door. That was part of the plan the whole time. This being in the same room as rotting. I drop sweat into the star-crossed class war. A recycling bin there, done that. <clears throat> when you ain't looking to lock me out. Golden cuffs between Aslan's cheeks. The chicken carcass seeps into the hedges. See the neighborhood Siamese beeline bristle at the sight. It's before noon and tax, but I watched you smoke them. Your cigarettes up my cunt. Glowering morning, strumming the same two guitar chords all night long. Blowing piñon through the keyhole. Smoke wings break into a bedroom borrowed. A blanket disavowal, warmth broken. I peppered your life in the hills. Neoprene, you lover, and your calamity. A powder contained with a sieve exhales the white to be angry. A powder gifted... My heart stops as we grunted all night. I saw you present a paper the next day and sulk my erasure. Three weeks is what it took for you to call it a good visit. This one's called La Hija de Genaro III, his. Little girl screams like she is the queen of her cousins. Empty Coke bottles constitute her crown. Grandpa Chico sneaks them to her under a table where everyone can see. His affection, a rough rasp that billows in the nape of her velicate, her drawl as delicate that reigns like a fiction worth dying for. Little girl shrieks toothsome, luscious mockery of Chico's sediment tongue in accent that prefaces bales and cells of petrol, the best in San Angelo, where all of their kin trace their line before others cross them brusquely. Her hair falls down long and straight like the narrative of quantum, the state dictates and the scar along the trail amid her soft lips beneath a mutinous chin, an errant wandering. This one's called gestational emissions exact the creatures we needed for tonight's atavistic sunset now they're stars in the bark we keep eating to induce new abortions a yellow bile your new skirt a solar plexus that folds like savior labia after three rounds of top shelf manhattans look to the next one from your stable where you tell the truth and then forget you did leaving hacienda leave let kinship belong to me, the ruler above her. Saturn means to temper sporadic violence. No coat of arms, no quilting patterns. Backslide the line fishnet apothecary, or what the attic does after 20 days. Leave the hacienda leaven and let me be your ethnic frontier. Straddle here or let Cat Stevens be the way. Goodbye, remember, memoir, misremember. Because this exodus mining almost ceased, lady, pleased an expensive pen toes brown fictions. Infrared class conflicts present heat-seeking opportunities for aborted discourse, the outbreak of renewed warfare, racial profiles, restraining orders, quick-to-draft culprit, the familial seductive, treating salve, shit on shoes. All right, this one's called Good Subjects. 
Your white ex and my white ex have photographs of themselves with arms akimbo next to Marks, statues in different parts of Berlin. Those grins each shit the dignity. In each sitting alone, the throne of Das Kapital, fuck that noise. Forced intimacies, we are down with the workers of the world, spice up your life, and all the things we are compelled to think, feel, say, but mostly think, then say, the utopian hope that dictates good subjects always pay for drinks. That was like a fuck you poem. <laughs> you can tell. <clears throat> all right, this one's called On Ruins. We like to queue up for cake to stand on the steady of father-lover's fame, reduced to we're an institution. We used to boo while Morrissey sings, and there's never a forlorn time to address the problems, climb on them, friends, swap, the conquer roar. It requires assistance by donkey, ram, or yamas, even better palomino middle-aged gold, make the sweetest our future honeymoon crisis, bring me more E, a modicum of oblivion our lives could always use, a little ruin and a little more than last time, the same time, some sometime, harvest that rainfall for a tea we brew, homestead complete, the new civilizations come into being or sabotage the good ones, not the banished ones you come hither onto like Greece on the Mayflower, the other continental lightened, like your morning coffee cake lightning shadows we jab open fisting knowing elbows blow hard punchlines come back blood clots come back pubic hair more custom made against the very subway tile mosaic i cry sacrifice in your wife's arms blame the film about the hungarian dog rebellion where everyone dies what does it feel like when the feelings come up chuck your riches or the goods you manufacture the coiling threadbare acknowledgement of those that deep clean and those that pay for the cleaning Getting, it's only going to get weirder. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you should just see, you should see how it looks on the page. So weird. <laughs> so weird. The last one. Last one I was trying to read all the lines in like, you know, Star Search style. I know, like a ruin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's what I'm learning. <laughs> this one's called uh, Nature Made Strange Again Where We're Negotiating New Tenants 1100 to 9 Meets the Mortgage Paying the Water is Mine As Long As You Can Take Care of the Cat We Discuss Bringing Summer on Them Dead horses plus the spit, I clean the grout, my sponge amid mosaic between rejection letters, glowing ink orgies between trysts to Sephora. Oh, happy hour menus, game meets foie gras, rubbed hard against gentrification, maybe suckling pig in San Francisco, the restaurant from TV, hours after ambling around a wistful wet body named Merritt. A death that diagrams the partner higher, the fence got higher when backs turned and checks got harder to tender. Remember when smoke and claw and nicotine against a new car kept me feral as I usher in the unrelent? You and the cat, no whites, allowed so simple on the couch. I should have insisted on a fence to waste. You won that fence to nose, turning nose, turns upwardly knowing La Calle of Barrio Viejo, a sublet guarantee. Wire and muscle fashioned by fools, dare to break barriers for you are everyone here, and you, mostly you, know better you to a better you. All right. 
This one's called The Cross-Eyed Blue and Pupiled White Cat That Bats Feral. I really like that word, feral. There's a lot of words I like throughout this uh, reading, so I'm, maybe you guys paid attention to how many times I said solar plexus, maybe? No, all right. <laughs> All right, the cross-eyed blue and pupiled white cat that bats feral at your French heels, Holocene and away, we play me intruder and fondle the market imperative for seclusion, epigraphs and dedications, cholo polo art labo chuliando, please come home. Water plants and black straps, unearth new skirt, built into the environment. We fuck on real estate manuals, federal guidelines, enabling acts and court rulings. We do it every day. Exude, exclude, a mouth in full pout put out and survive 2008 today every single day with me. My poverty, penance, leave behind an unfathomable chasm, a crack in la calle. Would it kill me to be a nicer guy? Trust me, I hate being woke, too. Ask chorus of disapproval. Malinche was my Farrah Fawcett poster. No strap, no thong, no tongue, just hair. In my big, bad, brown, teen lobo bedroom, wall for real. The gigolo furrowed brow howls, appreciates over time. For a good time, call Cortez. For casual encounters, no strings attached. Aunque estoy triste, sé que puedes. You can, you can, you can survive today, every single day with me. Okay. This one's called uh, Sonoita Massacre. Um, which I think Sonoita is supposed to be, a, yeah, a... Uh, diminutive of uh, Sonora, Sonita, Sonita. I had no love but love and no occupation but labor. Primero de Mayo, 1859, seven Mexican workers. Reventon Ranch, whipped by their overseer. I'm not turned on by normal power. This is why I call you pasty, lover. Safe word repeat, Cinco de Mayo comes true. Mercer shaved off their hair in a particularly brutal manner. The Anglos blazing infinite, Dickies and Cortez. What I drink doesn't heal the cut on my belly. As this band of vigilantes approached the mezcal distil distillery, how to preserve dignity down on my knees, my country piss on me. Government, taxes, public debt, it was perfect, just nature. Mexican and Yaqui workers tried to escape a broken, sullen fire too busy to be dreaming here. What I snort cuts the cord between cortex, a warning, warm moaning, assemblage mob of seven armed men. Four Mexicans, one Yaqui lay dead. Sonora Mining and Exploring Company, a promise heart on Mexican labor, peonage to the mall, and these bags are heavy. Forget the bleed, just us, miscarriage, in the building of state out of frontier. I'm lazy for money, imagination. Don't do orphanage games, bad meals, high prices. A precedent followed Arizona's captain extractive industries captive with the years to come, the years to yonder. This one's called Help Me Lord, It's Getting Harder. I'm not talking about this reading. <laughs> uh, I love it. I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun too. <clears throat> Help Me Lord, It's Getting Harder. We are the desperate does, slipping back and forth. The border goes astray to commit our crimes. My co-signer sabotaged 231 males living in Tubac, 23 males born outside Mexico, the territory of New Mexico. Post and bragged of paternalism, claiming that he married Mexican couples, baptized their children, denied literacy marrow for, 
fluid work patterns of the Caliche hinterland, another desert bucolic. I turned 40 inside you and still living at home. The last bites of artisanal breakfast torta were hardest to swallow. After getting laid off, I just wanted to go home. Texas Cross Index Tonto didn't know you weren't from Mexico exactly. I mean, abuela who yells at me, I am not fucking her right and the right belongs to all. Where private property and market exchange rings, where to go when there is nowhere to go, when to go politely after the choke down the years, I thought this was a place I could come home to. This one's called Call Off the Dogs. In the garden and refrain from weeding the flowers you call weeds. Break the tar down in my lungs, sweet mugwort, mugwort bitter. Solve in the mugshot of my alkaline. Spanish arrived clockwork, turn the page history book, where it all looks the same. It's late 17th century, the Toona Odom, permanent villages, these waterways, where systems are flourishing. We let go of Tucson last, Mexican troops on the ground, 2,000 farmers, 1856, almost 10 years after Guadalupe Hidalgo. I know, you say, annoyed as fuck. You know everything that spills off the parchment about what used to be Mexico. Gadsden purchase for the New York relatives. El Tratado de la Mesilla for the Royal Aztecs. Vatas Locas, Purple Nylon Sheen. Only you can save me when you touch me with the tips of your fists. Hold on, Sonora. Hold on for one more Christmas where we call these ocotillos, these yatunas, these atunas, and we call these the desastres. Yo soy Sonora. Despegate de tu vaga settler wanderings. Come home already. We have two more poems. Okay. This one's called Fluent Dragon Luster. Crosshatch my emerald in the jacked up sky. All the greens of the heart fist pump new blood. Hemoglobin coursing, hankering for the body to breathe. Disarmed, a broken wingspan. Interstate 10 stretched, Los Angeles and Tucson. Los Angeles to Tucson. I hate this birth in the rear view. Another being, rice and beans, a renaissance painting, malformed info. Make nympho and scars and arsenal. A wash. I won't stop until I find a ruby in the rubble for you. Prickly halo Madonna. Those eyes rebirthing lovers' eyes. Los ojos amorosos. Lying in the arms of the cacti. Memorize a slice of cactus cake, finds a mirror in the frosting circumference, a proxy. I am driving and reading down these roads. The desert could be my temple in the way that the desert is just a mine. And now I'm here to claim my dead. Mile markers marking terrain, car rolling, looking, look where I am going. Manuscripts unfolding upon sordid heavens, a thunderstorm, the paper thunder-soaked, birth-wet parchment, sticking in understand, clay membrane blood and button-flied placenta. Part the clouds, a vulva satellite, y la madre quien te parió. My hands wrist, my arms elbow, shoulder deep in disparo. Pull the birth of this baby I am looking for again and clearing from eyes trammel. I can look. I, this child, covered in caliche. Another's house, a crumbling edge, a fertile ruin, an incandescent undone. Two-laned monstrous coming and going there and here, where and when beginning to end. What have you done? The juncture, a bearing, admission into the earth, the redder, the deader, where the circle of cacti, a gathering in my skin. 
Last poem. Okay, this one's called My Teeth Breaks the Ice. And the wind scratching out of its skin pillages the remaining moisture from my hands. We are in the middle of it, cracking. The ice melts. The stone erodes. The obedience. It got us clawing until we bleed. Tonguing fire, molten nicorette, birthing flowers in my pores for memory to condition body back from the part of the dead we sprung from. Here we come on winged eyelids and butterfly knives, Barbara Lynn, East Texas, South Paw Fender Maple, playing Angel has beckoned us, a pack between three-fourths Mexican hot pink. Flight. Just try it, Daddy. You want to bring out the cholo in me. I want you to call me chula one more time. Away these calo erasures, away. Affect and affix your hand poised. I was the velvet this time, a currency you smuggled into a neutral tone bedroom. We landed on a crucifix, a cicatriz, vexed by one accent wall, everything as if it were too much and in between. The in between you want a lover only the dead can see. Brad, thank you so much. I feel so indulged, and I'm happy to answer any and all questions, comments, and awkward silences. <laughs> yes. We first off, amazing. Thank you. We've been talking about fictional place and like the importance of, of that. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned, uh, I think what's interesting is like there's definitely a lot of different place going on, but mm -hmm. you mentioned a lot of specific geographical locations, whether they're in LA or like Oakland or San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So how much is your poetry like how how much are those places where you actually are when you're writing or like that's a place you've actually lived or are they ideas like mm -hmm. do do you think your poetry could happen in another place in another country like Oh, sure. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of your typical run-of-the-mill poet, psychogeographer who just kind of meanders and sort of rambles in, like, the physical spaces of where I happen to find myself more often by happenstance out of just, like, necessity, i.e. a job or something, some sense of, like, uh, something that passes for desire, i.e., like, I'm here for a relationship. Um, but I feel like also in the ways that like you just kind of like witness uh, and just sort of take in, you know, like all the varying types of uh, one, two, three dimensional types of phenomena and uh, that ultimately what you're taking in, you know, in the uh, sensual matrix is somehow anchored by the, the physical, geographic, cultural, political reality that it's anchored in its, like, you know, physical space, I, whether that's um, San Francisco, which makes it unlivable for for artists, or Los Angeles, which has a very um, particularly narrow type of, like, uh, of creative, um, a creative economy. Um, or, you know, in, in Tucson, where it's just, like, you just never know what racist landmine you're gonna accidentally step in you know and you're just like i'm just at the post office sorry um so a feeling that like those things just kind of like uh sort of seep in you know and um and i think also interested in just poetry and work and writing that um you know like it isn't wasn't it, do you remember the first time you read in a in a 
novel or, or a poem like a reference to like a phone a car phone or like a cell phone or I mean th- don't answer that <laughs> it's a rhetorical question but just in a way that like these types of witnessing of just like the, the times that we are in the times that we have been in and the times that are yet to like sort of come I don't know if that that was a very meandering way of answering cool it's a good question though yeah if you could have only read us one of the poems that you just read us, which one would you want us to hear and why? Um, probably Sonoita Massacre. Because uh, it's um, this way of just... Uh, the, the, the palimpsestive violences that exist in, like, in particular uh, histories, um, you know, sort of subjugated um, histories, but also in the ways that those histories kind of come in and form um, sort of relationship, relational dynamics. Um, And in the ways that, like, these histories, uh, you know, whether they're at macro or micro uh, levels, they're they're sort of um, mirroring each other. So I like that one and call off the dogs. Mm -hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. opened up and it had the potential to like be something else like I was hearing like what where was it going to become and eventually came I was just curious if you could say more about the sound your use of sound in your poetry mm-hmm. or like how mm-hmm. do you understand like the relationships between the words and mm-hmm. is there like a desire to create new meaning sure I mean I'm tethering olfactory to the slaughterhouse because I grew up in Huntington Park and uh, the Farmer John slaughterhouse in Vernon like when it's when it's popping, you smell it, and um, and I like that in olfactory factories in the word, <laughs> and um, so uh, and because like there's these moments like when I was on the fo- when I would be on these long distance like super uh, overwrought like phone conversations outside like having a cigarette trying to like make sense of what disaster you know was, was what crisis was being averted, uh, just remembering just like. The, sh- the shameful smell of the slaughterhouse coming into that conversation and just, you know, kind of, like, racking up um, that, like, sense of, all I'm going to say is the thing that passes for love, you know, which is, for me, is, like, fearfulness and worthlessness, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, just in a way that, like, just, like, ah, the slaughterhouse... Um, things are happening, and the and the smell of, and the smell of blood, especially like on a chilly night in Southern California, which is uh, um, almost kind of like our the uh, maybe inner city version of like a meteor shower. I don't know. <laughs> You're just like, wow, that's special. That is special. I'm cold, and it smells like you know um, death. So <laughs> I know, but uh, I mean, so. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yes. Um, this is more of a comment rather than a question. Mm-hmm. Um, I also grew up in Huntington Park, so mm-hmm. I can really like relate to a lot of your poems and just the descriptions you made. So mm-hmm. it's really um, powerful. Mm-hmm. So, wow! Cool! Yay! I like that. That's a that's a rad uh, Southeast LA endorsement. I appreciate that. What's your name? Annette. Annette. Yeah. Awesome. Where'd you grow up? What street? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, cool. We all share the same zip code. Oh, no, Bell, Bell Gardens, and Cudahy's, 90201. Yeah, 
Because I, still, I grew up in Bell Gardens, too. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just curious, but you mentioned having a, a lot of favorite words that you use throughout um, several of your poems. And I was just wondering, um, for those words or any words at all, what makes them stand out in your consciousness? Um, I think I, they're not so much favorite words, but I think they're just uh, recurring images. And they, they persist because, um, you know, my project is equal parts, like, uh, look at the, um, the layers of historical violences that uh, permeate I, the, the landscape, the way that difficult relationships mirror difficult terrains or that difficult terrains are a way to understand um, particularly sort of unresolved traumas. And, and it's also like working things out through, um, you know, like, like color and gemstones and, um, uh, these chakric visions, uh, also help to balance out, I think, like the heaviness and the negativity, um, and the, uh, and, and the thing that I, the, 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 mode that I'm working through is also this thing I call the ancestral seizure is that something happens when I'm walking through you know these particular spaces and um and just I think that moment that as a writer and or you know especially as a poet that you're just I feel for me I and I always have like something on me to like write and um when some, when I feel like something coming in you know and like conduiting for these moments that uh you know, like the, the Morse code is coming in and, um, and I feel like that's, uh, being seized, you know, being seized by an ancestral message. Um, whether it's like the shape of a cloud, you know, or the way that, uh, the rain left the smell of creosote in the air, you know, or, um, or yeah, or like the slaughter or the, or the smell of the slaughterhouse is kind of like, it's kicking, it's time, it's Thursday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost Friday, but it's Thursday, so we'll have do hot dogs at Dodger Stadium this weekend. You know, <laughs> that's where they come from. Um, so, uh, so in, you know, in the way in the solar plexus is is uh, signified by the color yellow, and it sits just under you know your your, your breastbone, and it's supposed to be the space that um, uh, houses your 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 sense of self you know, a, a, an esteem, a sen you know, the worth, all the things, and a, and a healthy one is like a, you know, beautiful glowing, like little sunflower sun. Um, so the solar plexus as a place of just, uh, and also the, you know, the solar plexus is, is a very vulnerable place, right? So if somebody knew how to like take you down, just one felt swoop into the solar plexus. So it has, I think, some interesting doubling in, uh, in strength and vulnerability so oh my goodness so many hands yes uh the, both of you at the same time just kidding um uh you for you first you first yeah um i don't fight the feeling you know i just feel like uh, <laughs> i just uh it's like oh that was what was that was what was happening and i feel like um they're basically the beginning of stories and, uh, and even this thing of, like, I told you over G-chat, we have told people things over G-chat, all of us in the room, right? Uh, and I feel like it's a way um, to somehow have a, 
uh, one of those moments where we, something that we all have in common, right? Mm, I drove her, and also, I, I drove her by man ain't shit, but I can't give up the D crazy. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I, have a, I have another poem when I was out in Joshua Tree and just sort of like seeing the way that the light on the uh, horizon of the mountains was changing from uh, blue to purple to pink. And it looked really like like uh, the sexiest, like, you know, 90s, like music video. And, uh, and I, it was also the same weekend that I had learned the, thir- the term thirst trap. But the th- you, you guys, can you explain to Anna Joy and uh, and our uh, and me what a thirst trap is? Like our over thirty people, what's a thirst trap? It's like when you dress seductively, like draw attention, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where do you put that? In social media. Yeah. <laughs> so the thirst so trap is basically something that suggests like, hey, don't I look? It's like a like a, a red the red uh, flag for the bull, right? Come and get it, kind of thing. So the thirst trap, if you look on UrbanDictionary.com, is this. This place, so thirst is supposed to signify like, um, like thirst trap. Yeah, <laughs> a thirst trap. Yeah. So feeling like you know, wanting to kind of bring in different sort of uh, registers, right? Different type of uh, conversational registers and place them in. So I have a, a poem called "Thirst Trap in the Gloaming," and gloaming being a fairly like atavistic sort of like term, but kind of bring it, bringing the word thirst trap into like this anachronistic space of like the Joshua Tree Desert, right? It could be like any time in the world, but if you kind of a- apply the the phrase thirst trap, it sort of like brings us into the contemporary moment. And, that, and Joshua Tree is like the sexiest place in the world, right? So why wouldn't it be a, a perfect site for a thirst trap? <laughs> <laughs> and then you had a question, yes. Uh, I do, yes, and 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 then and it's also interesting too because I've been trying to figure out how to like order this manuscript, how to sort of curate a reading experience, um, and been trying things like, well, I guess I could order it in the way that the poems were in the order they were written. That doesn't seem to be working. Um, so it's interesting because now I, I've created a now that I don't have the numbers, it's like a, a labyrinth in trying to like figure out how to organize these poems in a way that makes sense to me as I mean I'm, I'm I'm all about like programming and curating things and feeling like I want these to land in a certain way or I want other people's work to land in a certain way or or um, the way that this the, the the font and the numbering of this chapbook you know I want this to land in a certain way and so I'm having trouble I feel like I've kind of created a a bit of a, of a labyrinth that I'm trying to work my way out of. So it's a great question. And like, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to map that relationship right now. So, yes. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for reading. It's fantastic. Oh, thanks. Um, I wanted to ask, I, I heard um, a reference to Art LeBeau. Yeah. In one of the poems. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking about uh, how the poems uh, often evoke a you in their address. And I was thinking about Art LeBeau and, and the dedications mm-hmm. on radio and mm-hmm. kind of shout out mm-hmm. in radios. And I was thinking about your poems as kind of dedications mm-hmm. or, or shout outs. But I was also thinking about how um, the poems are addressing you and creating this kind of real intimate space mm-hmm. like an Art LeBeau show will do. Mm-hmm. But then there's this like radical sociality going on too, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
being broadcast mm -hmm. out in a large way. And then oftentimes with those Art Laboe dedications, someone's, um, I think maybe you're referencing, the, someone's saying I love you to someone who's away at war. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's this radical moment of, of love, intimacy, and, and these larger social, political moments. Mm -hmm. And so I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you use the you in your poems mm -hmm. and, and how you approach sure. that relationship between intimacy and, and, and these larger... Sure. I mean, even like in the Art Lebo dedications, like, uh, you know, the, the recipients of those dedications are often in prison, yeah. right? So, and the either the men are calling in Art Lebo and asking, uh, you know, their, their sweet highness to like keep it tight for them until like they get out, right? And, uh, and that's a thing, or like, hey, Chico, like I'm here, like I'm totally being loyal. And, uh, and chances are like the, the sender and the receiver are listening to the same thing at the same time. And so there's a chance that, like, you know, the the, the launch and 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 uh, and land is uh, is successful, right? Like, I think in these poems, in the way that the U is being um, presented, is is it, there are these yeah um, renderings of like intimate moments and spaces and um, exchanges, but it ultimately the U is the absent other. Right, and so, um, and so the launch and land. Um, it's like, uh, and I think the desert has helped kind of under, like, help me sort of like figure out the, the expansiveness of that solitude. You know that, um, in the sense that, like, the absent other. I'm not guaranteed like a, um, an art labo mediator, right? But like, it's kind of like this, uh, like that moment in. Uh, um, in the mood for love, like uh, the Wong Kar Wai movie, where like the the guy's like putting his secrets in the tree, and nobody's like hearing it except the tree, you know, and uh, the fact that he's doing it. So, um, and it's a you know, and it's of course it's it's a it's a right, it's a R I T E of like of grieving, of mourning, of moving on, and um, but um, and that I just had an ellipti elliptical thought, you know. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Thank you. But that seems yes. But that seems like uh, in line with like the two lovers' discourses on the bookshelf, <laughs> and I'm thinking about the mm -hmm. the queerness of that, or mm -hmm. the the hide, the the um, I don't know if, uh, how historically the you had to be at least a hidden or obfuscated other mm -hmm. in these kinds of poems, and mm -hmm. then like how terrible or, or what layers of tragedy it adds when the you is an obfuscated other that you've also lost. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> uh, and wondering about um, queerness in the work. Que queer poetic. What do you think about queerness and poetics? What do I think about queerness and poetics? Um, well, I mean, I think even in just the way that uh, um, queerness and the absent other and the obfuscation and then the not so obfuscated in these moments of like you know, uh, just like there's just in the, in the way that ruin also kind of comes in and figures into the work, and that, you know, like uh, Depp Profundus just is like that's not obfuscated, but that's a total just like yeah. you know, just self uh, um, and an, an undoing, right? So, um, in terms of queer poetics, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about that. Uh, I think in the way that queer and trans, um, how how that has been definitely un, un Venn diagrammed um, and thinking about the way queer has also been um, 
sort of subsumed or uh, kind of like um, it's a variable. What is it? Uh, var like x plus y equals what are what's x and y? Very cool. Thank you. Uh, so like queer and lesbian becoming like like the same variable, yeah. right? And and the way that like neoliberal sort of like LGBT ness uh, gets kind of like tethered into like queer because yeah. So um, in a queer poetic, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out because um, I'm also trying to make put make compel ask like insist that queer hold a huge space for brownness exactly. so um so yeah i think there it's always just a, a classic push-pull you know two two negatives um i'm not sh i don't know yeah. yeah i don't know so i was thinking well never mind we can talk another mm -hmm. look at all you people that are staying that could leave i'm so impressed with you Yes. Um, so when you're using, when you're putting in like Spanish words into your poems that are mainly English, is it kind of a conscious decision to use a different language to describe like certain things, or is it more of just like a spontaneous like decision to kind of transition? Uh, I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, more spontaneous. I think it's just like, uh, like the first poem I read, everything was in English. Oh no, not the first poem. The, um, the one where I'm imagining myself having a, a, a baby and that we are in an unnamed metropolitan coastal center, like, you know, kind of charting the t this time, like being like the, the conference widow, right? And uh, carrying the baby and, and the gendered roles are reversed and everything is happening and everything is happening, everything is happening. And then the last uh, four words is inadequate charms and me sobran is Spanish for it, it just, it, I have so much of that, you know, and, uh, but in lieu of saying, I have so much of that, Ms. Sobran is just like, ooh, I, you know, I could store it, I could put it in the pantry. Um, Ms. Sobran just has that register of, like, excess. Um, so, and I think also, I mean, for me, it's just really important to, like, um, like the first reading I did in Tucson, I uh, was at a place called Casa Libre, and Casa Libre en la Solana, which is in Spanish, uh, the free house in the, in the, uh, in la Solana, in the sunny, sunny something, <laughs> something sunny. And, uh, but it's like a fairly, like, it's predominantly like a, a white queer space. And, uh, and, you know, there are people of color that read there, but it's maybe one out of six, eight writers that comes through is always, is a person of color and everybody else is, is not. And, and that's poetry. Um, and uh, the first time I did a reading there, I said, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of Spanish in my work. If you don't know Spanish, get with, get with somebody that knows Spanish. Sit next to somebody that knows Spanish. Um, because as far as I know, I hear this used to be Mexico. You know? So if I'm in California, if I'm in Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Colorado, even parts of Wyoming. Um I used to be Mexico. And uh, so I feel like um, in a way that, like, I just say it and it, it should, it ain't no thing, you know, to me. So um, dot, dot, dot. Uh, so, yeah, so, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not conscious, but it's so just embedded. So. Hmm? 
Yeah. You mentioned earlier about how you will be like walking down the street and then be seized by like, I think you called it ancestral seizure mm -hmm. for like inspiration for writing. Is that just how you do your creative process or do you ever like go to a space, sit down and be like, now I'm going to create or is it always be spontaneous? Um, I think there's certain spontaneous um, encounters, and and it also you know like I I'm friends with a lot of writers and artists and other sort of you know creative people, and uh, and then just conversations, or um, even when I'm watching something like I was, I was watching I Love Dick for uh, last weekend and and the book is set in like California and like New York and and uh, but on the TV show on Amazon production is set in marfa texas and uh and it was just crazy because it was just like super southwestern very like west texasy very deserty very bordery like the music the look the like if you know if uh if i don't know i'm gonna reference this uh steven soderbergh movie traffic where it was like shot in three different uh places and the mexico the tijuana scenes were like in the tobacco filter so it was like in a tobacco filter. Anyway, it's like all these things to denote like a southwesternness, but there were no like brown people in significant roles. So that you know kind of like spirals me into like thinking like what's that about? You know what is the promise of the West? You know, um, so uh, and I've been thinking yeah, and I and just feel being in Tucson and feeling like I'm in the seat you know the seat of the Southwest, which is a, a, an ideal place to kind of like. Uh, shoot out to different parts of the of uh, you know the Southwest from there, and to see the Southwest from you know California. California will just like ruin you, you know. Like you have to kind of like be in like a red state to really see like what's what is going on, you know. And uh, that's just, I mean I'm, I'm, I love LA. I love being in California. It feels so good to be by the ocean. Um, but uh, but it's been a real. Uh, I mean, I, it's it's really scary. It's really like like complicated. But to say, I was almost gonna say it's gonna it's been a real treat being in Tucson. <laughs> but but it has because it's about like um, just seeing like wow, history. It's still here. It's still <laughs> happening. Like I'm like Ugh. you know. Um, anyway, so all that to say that um, the 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 sources of of inspiration. It's like you know um, a brook here, a river there. It all feeds into like the same ocean. I mean, it's it's yeah. I don't know. Carry I carry a pen everywhere I go. Yeah. Did did I have stage presence? Did I have stage presence? No, here right now. I mean, I don't know. I think it's uh, it's just a ma it's about knowing. You know, the thing about poetry is that um, mm, narrative plays a funny role in poetry. You know, some people are all about it. Some people are not about it. Some people think that they're doing narrative, and you're just like, that was so. That was still a little opaque. Like, I still don't have like an entry point into into the work. So. Um, I think which lollies it was the first time we were able to do like nonlinear storytelling and um but you know I I always I've always had a relationship to nonlinearity just cuz linearity um 
it's it's a conspiracy uh, to keep uh, brown people down. Uh, and um, but I think it's um, it's also just um, writing it, reading it, saying it, saying it out loud. I mean, I think I've always had that relationship, and that comes from the the performance work. Yes. Um, so my grandma is from Sonora, and my mom was born in TJ. Uh-huh. Um, so I was just, I guess, like as like a Mexican myself, I was wondering how like your cultural influence played into your like perception of queerness in your poetry. Mm-hmm. I guess because I know it's like for my for my mom and my grandma side, it's like a definitely like a very difficult issue to talk about. And so like going to a UC and like living in California, it's such a prevalent issue. So I guess that's just like. What's a, what's a prevalent issue? Uh, like the idea of queerness, I guess, for my family is kind of difficult for them uh-huh. to understand. So I guess, like you mentioned, brownness and queerness, like as very big influencers in your poetry. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm guessing, like, how did that intermingle in your upbringing as well as in your poetry today? Um, it was. I mean, it wasn't easy. You know, it wasn't easy growing up. Um, in my house as a child you know as children when you're a kid and like uh especially if you're a child of like latino immigrants um you have no agency whatsoever like you're completely policed beyond you know all all of your actions and i I remember being super policed just because i'm like but i want to wear the plaid you know um i always wanted to wear plaid this was not a plaid shirt um but um uh, but as I got older and I moved out of the house, you know, and um, and my gender just started to be more in line with how I, I saw myself and how I, I it felt, you know, um, that it best reflected who I I am. Um, I don't know. My mom always cites this weird um, this episode of Donahue that she saw. <laughs> And uh, some, like, you know, like, old white man and who had, like, a total, like, bull dagger daughter. And that uh, he was, like, he got all teary about, like, the, the um, just the the threat of, like, violence that, like, she put herself in every day. And that he just looked at her with so much love with all these, like, tears in his eyes and, and just called her. And my mom quotes it, like, you know, that, she, that she's the apple of my eye. And for my mom to say that, like, in her accent, accented English, I'm just like, oh, God. And I'm also like the triple water sign. Like my parents are fire signs, my siblings are earth signs. So I feel I have all the feelings for my family. And so for my mom to have this like break, this moment, you know, I'm just kind of like, Ugh. um. So she gets it, you know. Uh, thank God for Donahue. And uh, um, but uh, but you know, my mom, my parents aren't that cool. Like my mom's completely discouraged me from from you know reaching out to my family, and. Um, uh, and you know, my my as I've gotten older, and like everyone's unresolved traumas just get that much more unresolved. <laughs> it just like gets harder to like sort of feel at ease, you know. Like you're not taking care of yourself. I've you know I've really taken care of myself. My mom totally discourages me from going to therapy, and I'm just like, lady, no, you know, like I must. And uh, so, um, and it's just that thing that happens when you're. Um, either born here, brought here, grew up here, this becomes your culture, and uh, and that just like that, you know, that split. So, um, but um, I mean, I you know, I didn't get, I don't, I didn't get married. I don't have children. I can barely keep a relationship, and um, and I'm a poet. I'm a writer. I'm an artist. So, I've already, you know, 
I just feel like, oh, yeah, just add the queerness, add the, like, you know, the anarchy, the communism, like the, just kidding, NSA, just kidding. Uh, um, but uh, you just, you know, you kind of just do, you just do the thing. I mean, you know, um, I don't know. I know that they have, a, the, the tendrils are, are, are deeply hooked in, but um, you, I think if you are going to give give the writing and the art making the world making a fair shake a fair shot like um you kind of have to just uh mute find a way to hit the mute button on that otherwise you're just gonna get a government a county job like i should have gotten you know (laughs) so uh but i was gonna say something else but then i forgot Oh, I brought three. You brought three books. Three books. So if anybody wants to contribute to my copy fund. I'll thank her again. Thank you. Thanks. And these are are my first chapbook and uh, five bucks each. No biggie. Hope that's okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, thanks. All right. (laughs) Thanks.